and welcome to Do You Make Music Summer Edition, brought to you by the Daily Collegian. I'm your host and resident music nerd, Aiden Mateo Harold, and today I'm here with Zach McKee. Say hi, man. Hey, how's it going? It's 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 summer. It's hot. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm enjoying the weather. Alrighty. As much as I can. Ah, uh, yeah. I imagine it's just as hot there as it is here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's Pennsylvania, right? So it's yeah. it's. <laughs> I was outside for I think five minutes today, and I felt myself burning up after that. <laughs> That's summer, isn't it? Anyway, why don't we just jump right into our uh, our questions here, and we can uh, yeah, we can just we can cruise on through. Uh, so why don't we? Um, I guess we'll start uh, as we always do on this podcast with some of the uh, chronologically uh, ordered questions, right? So, how did you get into music? Um, well, my, both my parents play violin. Um, my mom did a performance major. My dad teaches at Penn State right now. Uh, he teaches music theory, and which has been a huge help to me, honestly. <laughs> um, and so I started out with violin, um, and it's still my main instrument. Like it's what I know best. Um, but I was really interested in just learning piano, learning guitar, learning all these different instruments, trying to dip my toes into everything I could. Um, and after that, I got into a little bit of recording myself and making my own songs, especially during the lockdown 2020. I started writing my own songs and it's jumped from there ever since. <laughs> nice nice yeah no lockdown got us all started on like yeah. <laughs> it got us all started on like our, our hobbies because we had so much time for it right mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm curious then because i've had a few people on the show who uh they sort of get their start because they have musical parents um i guess how uh how easy did you find it to get into it did you have like a lot of support from your folks when you express an interest in music or did you kind of try to separate yourself in a way and keep it more of a independent venture Uh, when you started out i've kept them my parents very close um like i uh, take a music tech degree major at a a penn state and i have to take all these theory courses so i always ask my dad questions and i have a huge help from them support um and i i mean when i started out with violin my mom would teach me and so um she was the kind of parent that made me stick with it even though I kind of <laughs> wanted to quit at an early age um and I'm glad she made me stick with it because I'm really enjoying myself now and they were super supportive whenever I'm jumping into all these different endeavors and projects they're always super happy nice nice and how do you think um how do you think learning music theory in particular has helped your music because I feel like that's kind of a that's got to be a major advantage I I know a lot of I talked to plenty of artists on the show who they they they've grown up with musical parents, but they never classically trained in it or they don't know sort of those technical bits and they make really good music, but it's a little less of a they're not coming from that angle, that that perspective. Yeah, I don't think like learning music theory in a like classroom setting or like from your parents is super necessary um, because everything that I've learned is all Western theory. Um, and that's what we base our classes on. That's what my dad teaches. And while it's super helpful to like understand how, like all the music that we listen to, how it works, how these um, intricacies like play out. Um, but there are other really fascinating cultures that I've recently been interested in, 
like Javanese gamelan music, where we what we perceive as consonant, like major thirds, perfect fifths, fourths, sixth, um, they perceive as like dissonant. And what we mm. perceive as dissonant, like minor seconds, major seconds, sevenths, they see that as consonant. It's because the um, this is also something I've been super interested in recently is like the physics of sound. And so the two different waves really clash with each other in uh, dissonant tones. Um, and it creates like a wah, 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 wah kind of sound effect. Um, and uh, in different cultures, that's like what they like. That's what they perceive as consonant. Um, and so I, I think that learning music theory is really like not necessary, but it helps. It's a really mm. great tool to have in your arsenal. Oh yeah, no, I definitely. It's 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 yeah. It, it seems like it would just be a, a like that that extra little additional spice on top, like a like a garnish, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious in your uh, studies of these um other cultures and their perceptions of rhythm and harmony, right? Um, is it really uh is is their perception of of um I guess I already said like harmony. Is that something that they uh they're raised with and they just get used to it over time and. Do you think that's something that we can get used to and stop perceiving as as disharmonious if we listen to enough of it, or is it something that you think you got to be raised with to uh, get used to? I think that anyone can really like listen to it, and if they spend time like learning where this came from, um, they can understand that this is how it is. We I don't know. I think sometimes we're trapped in like <laughs> you know the. Um, we Echo always chamber. want that perfect, yeah, we want that perfect cadence. We want that resolution, but it doesn't have to be that way. I've played songs for some of my friends in the car or something where a song doesn't end how they like it. And it's like jarring to them at first, but I play it more and more for myself and it becomes like really satisfying. Um, and it's, I guess, I don't think we're ever like, in the US and Europe, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we would become like perceiving dissonance as consonants or like, mm. like, um, you know, because it's, it's cultural. It's yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what's the word? Um, uh, environmental. Um, gotcha. like we're raised by our, our environments. Um, and I still think like Western theory is super important, but especially in like classes, I think we could like spend more time understanding stuff that isn't just centered around, you know, Bach, Beethoven. I mean, I love Chopin, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I love them all, but it's about expanding yeah. our horizons beyond the same couple of Western composers from the, you know, 16, 17, 1800s. Right. Mm -hmm. I get that. Okay. So and really quickly, why don't we uh, move on to, uh, why don't we move on to you really quick. Right. So why don't you tell me a little bit more, uh, elaborate a bit about when you got started during COVID. Was there sort of like a, did you just have extra time to practice music and eventually you figured, oh, I'll start releasing it? Or, or did you, was there maybe like one focal point that you realized like, like oh man, I, I need to start doing this now, or this is what I want to be doing now during COVID. I don't know. Well, it just kind of started with um, like just learning more guitar. I had started learning guitar at when I was 14 um, from my neighbor uh, and I kind of plateaued. I didn't really continue it. I like 
kept going violin. But during COVID, my mom had um, the seagull back here on my wall, the guitar, mm. and uh, she hadn't been playing it for a while. So I picked it up and started just trying to make something up. That's the acoustic? Uh, yeah. Mm. And I came up with a song that I didn't, I never released the first song that I made. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, um, I don't, I don't think I even titled it. It was something, it was about a mouse. It was like a bluesy song. Mm. Um, but I think I would like to release it at some point. Um, but that's where it started. And then, you know, I started getting into the music tech degree and I started seeing all my friends releasing their own music and making their own music. And I was like, wow, I think I could do that. So I started learning how to use DAWs and I started with Ableton Live, which was a mistake for me because Ableton is one of those DAWs that's super, super powerful and such a cool DAW, but it's such a terrible one to start on because I felt like <laughs> a monkey in a spaceship. There are so many different things to look at. There's so mm -hmm. many different knobs and I don't know, things to do. It was uh, re overwhelming. <laughs> really quickly for our audience back home, what's a, what is a DAW again? Uh, a digital audio workstation. It's mm. like what you record on. So GarageBand is a DAW um, and Reaper's a DAW. And there are a lot of people who will like, you know, um, dog on different DAWs and say, this one's <laughs> bad, this one's good. But it's really just a language. Like yeah. I... I learned how to use Reaper, which is my main one. And so jumping from that to like Pro Tools, which I would like to learn is kind of hard. It's like, it's it, they, it, they do the same thing. It's just a little different. Yeah. Is there uh, anyone in particular you'd recommend for people just starting out these days? I think starting out, Reaper is really good for like, especially live recording, Reaper is really good. Uh, if you started with GarageBand and you're already in GarageBand, I'd say go to Logic. Um, I don't have a Mac and so I couldn't do logic, but that's what they use in, um, like the Penn state studios. Um, so I've kind of had to learn how to use it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I just remember, I used to think GarageBand was super basic because we would always use that in, in middle school for our little music classes. But I did just recently learn that one of my favorite albums of all time, I don't know if you've ever heard, uh, the album Cross by the electronic duo Justice, but apparently one of the most legendary electronic albums of all time. It was made in GarageBand. Yeah, GarageBand can do a it, lot of things. People <laughs> underestimate it. <laughs> I, it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's proof. It's not really. I, I don't. It might not so much be the the software so much as the person using it, right? Yeah, it's just a tool. Exactly. Exactly. So then, um, speaking of music production, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about, um, tell us a little bit about your musical style, about your genre. How would you kind of introduce it to people before you play it? You know? Well, I've been super into, I think where I'm most comfortable in is making like ambient works. Um, that's the album Songs for Dreaming is my most like coherent album that I have. Um, it's mostly ambient. Uh, there's one jungle track in there that I made. Uh, and I've tried dipping my toes in other genres and it's been really fun. Uh, and I still want to, I don't want to limit myself to like just one genre. I still want to like try all these things because I just, I like cool sounds. And when I find something cool that I like, I just want to play with it and use it. Yeah, actually, we can talk a little bit about your first album because I I listened to listened to half of your first one and then I think I'm 
I, I finished your second. Um, but Songs for Dreaming, yeah, tell us a, a little bit about that. Maybe uh, introduce that a bit for the people listening. Well, Songs for Dreaming is all about, well, not all about, most of the songs in there are based off of dreams I had. And I am notoriously a really bad writer, handwriter. So I can't dream journal. I can't write down my dreams because I'll finish the sentence and then forget what I, what my dream was. Um, and so I've been recording them on like voice memos and I mm. listen back and I replay it in my head. I replay the dream. I visualize it. And I think about that setting and I think about what I feel. And I just start, I have this little keyboard in front of me, right below me and my MIDI keyboard over here. And I just start playing different notes. I don't pick a key that I want to stick in. I don't mm. like pick a, like, I don't know. I kind of blind blind it i like just go in um and I'm, i see what i make nice I, I i'm curious then when you when you say you're like recreating your dreams in music are you like uh, are there like certain bits of imagery from your dreams that in, inspire the sound or is it just like a mood or like a certain specific feeling that you got from them that you were trying to uh, recreate on your keyboard most of it is like mood and feelings i uh, the parking mall was about this parking garage that was like connected to a mall that I had in this dream. And none of the sounds that I had heard in my dream or like made it into the song, but author in the pink motel, um, I have uh, uh, keyboard sounds for, uh, I had a dream about mm -hmm. this author that was in this motel and she was writing some script for something on this retro futuristic computer. And I was, it was raining and I was sitting by the window and I just recorded myself typing something on my keyboard um, and it made it into the dream or the song. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was a very interesting effect. It was definitely a, not just, not just a mood, but a, a whole vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious then for um, this first album, I can probably guess, but I will ask for the folks back home. What were your, uh, did you have any specific influences uh, on this first album? Yeah, I was listening to a lot of Victor Strabog, who's a Polish um, composer, and he makes animations and visual stuff. He's really fascinating. I love all of his stuff. Um, uh, one of point, one of oh, oh one of never one of um, one of tricks point never. Yeah, yeah. that uh -huh. yeah that Weird was name. super inspirational. Yeah, I don't, I never know how to pronounce it, and um. Anna Roxanne, Cindy Lee, um, lots of those ambient or like experimental or just, I don't know, fascinating spacey sounds. I'm a sucker for spacey sounds. <laughs> no, I, I could definitely hear, um, I've only heard Replica by One Tricks Point Ever, but I can I can definitely hear some of that in in this. I'm, I'm curious, did you, um, have you listened to uh, any Aphex Twin? Yeah, I did listen. We had actually one of our listening exams for my music tech program had a couple Aphex Twin songs on there. Um, I, my favorite, I mean, the only song that I really listened to um, on my own is uh, Bouncing Ball or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool. I really like it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, the, the, the big reason I'm just reminded of, of, of him in particular is just because the whole concept of your first album um it's very reminiscent of um uh selected ambient works volume two 
by Aphex Twin. That's a very obscure sounding title, but it's it's a really good ambient album. And the whole conceit behind that album was uh, that the guy uh, behind it, he was literally um, he was trying to make music out music out of his own lucid dreams he was having. Like he, I'm gonna have to listen to that. I didn't know about that. I'm yes, gonna have to put that in my listening list. Oh my god, you definitely should. You definitely yeah. should. It, it it covers an entire like different range of like moods and emotions, mm-hmm. and like, but it's it's it it is a very magical, strange dreamscape soundscape that he's able to make in, <laughs> in that um so yeah I, I highly recommend it maybe that might inspire you further but uh yes yeah, sweet it seemed reminiscent of uh of uh songs for dreaming mm-hmm. um, so then um so you dropped this uh 2023 uh what, what time of year did it come out oh i forget sometime around february i think um it was supposed to come out july 2022 but i had this whole problem with my computer where I turned it into Best Buy just to get it fixed because there were a couple dead pixels on the screen. It was no big issue for me. Um, and I thought it would take a week, but it turned out to be a much longer ordeal oh. than. <laughs> <laughs> you have my sympathies. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. What was the um, reception like? Did you uh, promote it or did you just kind of like uh, just just drop it and let it, uh, let it soak? Let whoever comes, comes. I kind of just promoted it to my friends. You know, I posted a couple of stories on my Instagram. Um, I didn't really like try and kick it out there because I don't, I, I like did have the Spotify for artists uh, app for a little bit. And I was super sucked into like looking at numbers and That's... I just, I just make music because I want to, I, I don't, I shouldn't want to like desire like a huge audience I don't I don't know that's not what I need what I need is like to be happy about my music not to be happy about reception yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a passion not a job right yeah yeah exactly well songs for the dreaming I for the listeners back home I highly encourage you to check it out I will very for me to you I'll say it's a very well produced album I, I really like the uh, thank you <laughs> I really like the production on this yeah it's really good I'm still um, learning like Reaper I got Reaper pretty much 2021 and I started just recording um and I'm still learning so much after that album and I'm really excited for new projects that I'm working on to hopefully drop in 2024 <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, moving on, then we have your uh, second album, uh, Delirious, which also came out this year. Uh, I'm curious, how long did it take to put out a second album? Well, Delirious and Songs for Dreaming were kind of being worked on at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. All these songs were being made within the span from like 2020 to 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and Delirious was just a mismatched batch of songs that didn't fit coherently with songs for dreaming because i was thinking about just doing one huge album um Mm. but i wanted something like to be have a theme to it um Mm. so that's what songs for dreaming was and delirious was just all the songs that didn't fit into that and there's still really personal songs in there there's a couple you know stereotypical indie guitar songs um, (laughs) um and i was never comfortable with my singing voice I was never trained but I just like singing and so I just kind of threw it out there um and there's one song in there that I wish I put in songs for dreaming I think it's rearranged or oh it's 
I don't even remember the names of my own songs. It's the last one on the album on, Delir- on Delirious. I wish I put it in songs for Dream. What do you want to be known for? Yeah, that's it. Gotcha. That, that was recorded. My dad was just improving on piano and I started recording him. Um, and I just really liked what he was playing. And I was trying to relearn it and play it back for myself as well. And there's just a couple of the mixed sounds in there that I, I wish I put it in songs for dreaming. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I, I, I was, I was going to say, um, when you say that it was, uh, sort of the songs that didn't fit into dreaming that, that sort of makes sense to me. I thought, uh, after listening to it, that the main idea of, um, your second one was, was that it was, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. I, I thought it was more like acoustic focused. I thought you were just trying to take, um, like your songs that weren't really, uh, that Cynthia put them into one place but no yeah when, when you say it was when when you now that you explain it to me uh it, it kind of makes a little more sense now when i listen to something like door stuck uh which, I feel, <laughs> which is which that doesn't quite fit the theme i was thinking of for delirious but mm-hmm. uh it's still good you know Thank it's you. Still, in this case then with De- delirious then would you say that um since it was a little bit more um i'll say scrapbooky right um was there no one uh inspiration or like area or genre or artist you kind of pulled for for this one it's a little bit more loose I suppose yeah there wasn't really a huge inspiration I I just kind of was doing my own thing for some of the tracks like doors stuck and there's one in uh songs for dreaming 100 100 100 um both of those were inspired by like blacksmith blotter some other jungle artists that I can't remember right now but most of the songs in Delirious were just me messing around on whatever instrument I had at the time. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of which, then, um, you uh, you play most of the, um, if not all of the instruments on your albums, right? I do, all of the instruments, except for the one where my dad plays piano. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how, if I may ask, then how many is that total? instruments yeah yeah i have no idea i don't even know how many instruments i have i kind of have a problem with spending money on instruments that i don't know how to play (laughs) i bought an accordion and a banjo um a couple summers ago from friends who just didn't want to play them anymore Mm. um and there's great stories behind them but they're like an hour long stories so (laughs) i got you i got you are are you learning to play them now then since it's uh, summertime you got a little more time yeah, I've been trying to learn a couple Pete Seeger tunes, Doc Boggs on the banjo, and some like Slavic tunes on the accordion. <laughs> uh, in in the case of songwriting, <clears throat> since you know all of these uh, different instruments, do you th- uh, find that um, do you find that like uh, your instruments and and learning them inspires your music? Like you you'll learn like a new trick on the banjo or guitar, and you figure, oh, maybe I could build a song out of this. Or is it? Do you sort of get ideas for songs in your head beforehand, and then you uh? Then you learn the instrument afterwards. Like, do you think like, oh man, the song could really use some banjo. So let me learn that and I'll put it in there. I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Like I, whenever I bought the uh, uh, banjo, uh, just some things I was plucking out, I was just like, oh, this would work. This would be cool. Or other things where it's like, I like Spring Creek. Um, I started bluegrass song and I had never really used my mandolin, but it has the same strings as the violin. So I kind of already knew how to play it, but I just needed to translate that into like holding it down here instead of up here. 
Um, gotcha. And so it's a little bit of both. Understandable. And then um, I guess uh, since I asked you about your uh, making your albums and your uh, current body of work, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the uh, future. Uh, do you have any ideas uh, going forward on the kind of music you want to make? Are you maybe thinking about taking on a whole other genre or maybe just focusing on one specific instrument that you want to add to your uh, current uh, song songwriting process? Sorry, I can't talk today. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm right now, all of my time is consumed by this project I'm working on for sonifying the Bay Tide. Uh, I've contacted a whole ton of Penn State professors and people about trying to get a tide gauge none of them responded so I'm kind of doing it the DIY way where I have a trail cam and a garden hoe with a, uh, a tape measure uh, screwed to it and I have that taking a picture every minute um, and my sample rate will be every six minutes and it traces just the bay tide going over it'll trace some waveform and then hmm. whatever that waveform is will be the uh, tonal center of uh, my piece the full moon bay tide. I'm recording for full moons, half moons, and new moons. And the full moon will be the tonal center of this piece. And half moons will, the waveform will change some sort of parameter in the piece. And then new moon is kind of like a backup if I decide I want to modulate it to something else or not. Or if it even is that drastic of a change in pitch, if it needs to be modulated or it could just be kind of the similar to the full moon and i'm recording that and charting it out on a excel spreadsheet and putting that spreadsheet into max msp which is a visual uh, coding software and it'll turn that into a waveform and once i have that waveform i'm going to play it and record it through this tape machine that i bought from an antique shop and um just play it through there and see what sort of inspiration comes from that um the composition should be finished by September, crossing my fingers. Um, and so after that, I don't really have too many other ideas. There's a handful of other projects that I have sitting in Reaper that I haven't really touched in a while because of this huge project that I'm working on right now. But I'm, I still feel really tied to like ambient music. Mm. And so I think that's where the majority of my um, effort is going to go into. But there's lots of other um, bluegrass tunes or blues songs that I'm working on too. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. <laughs> well, that's, that's really, really interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard of anything like that being done uh, before, at least in the music I listened to. What, what, what inspired you to uh, sonify uh, actual wave forms from the Bay? Well, <laughs> it kind of, I, I wasn't intending on doing it this summer, actually. I uh, just wanted experience writing proposals for grants. Mm. So I wrote this proposal for the Erickson Discovery Grant and I submitted it very last minute. Like it was, I wrote the proposal day before the deadline, edited it the day of and submitted it like 1159, right before the dot. And I was, I, did not have any intention on actually winning the grant. I just kind of wanted to write a proposal. And I got an email where it looked like a, one of those scholarship scam emails. I was like, oh, and now I actually have to do the project. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that, that, you're yeah. doing what you want to do, though, right? Yeah. No, it's. I'm really <laughs> excited for it, and I'm super happy to have the funds to be able to do this because I'm doing a lot of driving to New Jersey. Mm. I live in State College, so it's like a five-hour drive every time I need to record an, a moon phase. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. Do you have any uh, results so far, or are you waiting to get all of the um, sampling you want to do before you uh, convert it to tapes? No results so far. All my data is still coming in. I am having a little bit of trouble uh, because some of the pictures are really hard to read. So I've been taking pictures of the um, uh, little garden hoe with a tape measure on it that I can actually read. And then the night vision pictures that it takes when it turns night, it just looks like a white stick without any markings. So I have to overlay mm. the two in Photoshop and change the opacity of one of them so I could see through. And then the other idea I had was like putting a zip tie around like important marks, like the feet marks and a couple inches marks that it will hang around a lot. Um, and I'm sort of eyeballing it. It's not exact, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just all data collection right now. I don't have any sound yet. I got you. No, that's cool. You know, the summer's only half over anyway, so yeah. You can take your time with it. Um, but no, that's really interesting. I'm really curious to see what you'll uh, come up with out of that one. That's that's a very um, unique uh, way to approach it. So it, I think you're going to get some really interesting results. Um, in terms of um, back here in State College, uh, I remember you uh, writing to me that um, you were maybe thinking about doing some live performances outside of the uh, Penn State uh Outside of the outside of school, do you think um, they'll be exploring that a little bit more in, in fall? Have you explored it so far in summer? Yeah, I actually just a couple days ago, um, uh, one of the houses that hosts shows called Your Mom's House uh, put out something that said we're looking to put on a, um, a bunch of noise sets, noise music. Um. And I always perceived in my head as noise music being like, one step away from ambient really yeah and so i asked if i could have a set there and um they said yeah so sometime in october maybe i'll have a noise set going um i performed at three dots sometime in uh early june-ish i think or mid-june um i performed a song that i didn't release yet but i'm going to release um that i'm really excited to keep working on because it's still in the works but I just wanted something to perform um but yeah I'm I I like performing I like sharing music I like playing music and so I'll take a, any opportunity I can get yeah do you uh play with a uh, band or do you um for, for the noise sets or either gig uh, I suggest you and a guitar and a bunch of amps and um what's with pedals <laughs> yeah yeah I, I used to be in a band and I think I have some uh, band plans rolling out in the future, maybe. We'll see where that goes. I don't <laughs> want to say anything yet, um, but I was in a band, Coffin Campers, which was really fun. It was like a punk band. Um, and that was that was super new to me, and it got me really into different genres of music, and I'm really glad I did it. But I'm just solo right now. <laughs> I got you. I'm also curious, really quickly, uh, since I... Since it's clear you've already been um, in the, you've already dipped your toe into the scene a little bit. Uh, have you been uh, ever asked to uh, produce for people yet so far? Uh, just some friends who want to get some recordings done uh, in the Penn State studios, really. 
not too much big projects, just small like songs and stuff. Um, I really like it, but I'm still pretty amateur at it. Like I really enjoy it and I want to learn more, but I acknowledge where I'm at. So <laughs> nah, I guess well, it's, 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 it's a starting point. Yeah. You know, at least you get, you do have people asking you. So mm-hmm. that's not nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Mm-hmm. No. Nah, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so let me see really quickly. I think I'm coming in on the tail end of my questions here, but um, uh, let's see um yeah it looks like that's most of my questions so to uh sort of wrap up you know conclude and and all that um let's start with um is there uh anything you would like to uh talk about or mention or anything else you'd like to add for the folks listening um i guess is it all right if i talk about uh one of the dreams i had in for the songs for dreaming Um, yeah totally yeah um so parking mall um was my most weird dream i've had that i was really excited to do a song for and it's a shorter song um but it was in the intersection of college avenue and atherton and instead of the mini mart being there it was this big parking garage that looked like the fraser street parking garage and Hmm. as i uh drove in i was like having trouble driving because it was a dream and so i just needed to park and walk around and as i started walking there was these glass double doors in the stairwell that i walked through and it was this big empty like liminal mall that was Mm. really dark and not very well lit these big pillars And I am a huge fan of urbex and like exploring these sites. So (laughs) I was just having so much fun with this in my dream. And I walked through these doors and there was a pot that held two trees. Uh, One of them was like this pine tree and the other was like this uh, big wide green leaf tree. And it started like saying words, but because I was in a dream, it wasn't anything like coherent, but it really (laughs) freaked me out. And I was like looking around. And so I went to another room and it was like this empty room and it had the Planet Fitness logo at the top with really tall ceilings. And there was like two treadmills in the middle and a wall of like bowling alley seats on the edges of the wall. And I just, that atmosphere was just really cool. And I really wanted to turn that into a dream. Um, And do you mind if I talk about Author in the Pink Motel too? That's, that was one of my, that's my favorite dream. Um, yeah go ahead. it's you, a really it's a really short one it was you mentioned just, it before yeah so yeah i was in this motel and it had like brown rough carpet and like brown bed sheets and the walls were like dimly lit pink um and sitting on the like desk of most motels or hotels that have the desk there was a woman who was writing something on this um white retro futuristic computer that looked like an old computer with a big wide back and this keyboard that was connected to it and she was smoking something and there was a little white bowl ashtray thing next to her and she was writing a script for something but obviously it was a dream and I can't read and I don't <laughs> like <laughs> so it was raining outside and I just remember that environment and that's mm. what I wanted to turn into a song yeah yeah do you think those dreams had any uh, specific meaning for you? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they might. I'm just, I don't really look into 
too much of their meanings more the than like uh like when I have an interesting dream like that that some people could interpret as like whoa this is like a voice calling to you to like do this or that or like this is this is what this means I just I mostly think about it as wow that was so cool I want to turn that into a song <laughs> well nice yeah that's that's really cool yeah and speaking of which um in terms of finding these songs right uh do you want to tell people really quickly where they can find your stuff yeah, anywhere on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, um, most streaming platforms should have it. Uh, Zach McKee, Z-A-C-M-C-K-E-E. Yeah, and then, um, so, uh, and for the future, um, we'll be looking out for uh, a few uh, smaller releases on the horizon. Absolutely. Yeah, sometime in 2024, crossing my fingers. <laughs> nice. All righty. Well, uh, if that's it, then I'll uh, get into the uh, wrap up. Um, this has been Do You Make Music with uh, Zach McKee and me, your host, Aiden Mateo Harold. If you are somebody you know would like to apply to be on the show, uh, fill out my little form on uh, my Instagram page on at Aiden's Portfolio on Instagram. That's A-Y-D-E-N-S Portfolio on Instagram. You'll find links to everything important right there. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Zach. Yeah, thank you. And with that, we are out.